0: Their first time with us and then some folks that it's been a while since they've been with us and then a number of our brothers and sisters that are uh, watching uh, on Facebook and online this morning and thanks for sticking with us I know that we've got a faithful group of folks that just every Sunday uh, morning they tune in um, because for different reasons are either uncomfortable or, or unable to be here and join with us this morning um, so uh, we're going to jump into Acts chapter 2 here together in in just a moment let me let me start. I'm going to kind of intro the, the sermon series first. A lot of us remember back when you watched television shows on television rather than like on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Hulu or whatever your streaming um, uh, uh, platform that you prefer is. And, and when we would watch television shows on like primetime television hours in the evenings there was CBS and ABC and NBC i mean some of you have never even heard of any of these things um, my children are surely not growing up watch- in fact in fact um, the couple of times that they have watched like a tv show or a movie on um primetime television and it's constantly interrupted by commercials that get twice as loud right the volume increases uh, twice over what the normal volume is and then they're waiting and, and, or they want to watch something on regular television and it's, you can't start it until 8 o'clock tonight. Why, why do they have to, right? They're, like, they're trying to figure out how this even works. Well, some of us remember what that was like and some of us remember watching a show and you're kind of watching the clock and realizing this, this episode is not going to resolve completely by the time the program is over. And the program would end with those dreaded words, to be continued. And if, again, if it was a program that only came on one night a week, it was your favorite show, and Magnum P.I. came on at 8 p.m. on CBS on Tuesday evenings. How many of you have watched Magnum P.I. before? Dude, it was, my, it was like one of my all-time favorites. And then Simon and Simon came on right after Magnum P.I. Right? I'm totally dating myself, but I'm kind of proud to do it. I'm finally old enough to date myself. Um, I kind of feel like a grown-up this morning uh, because I watched Magnum P.I. Um, right? And then you would, I, I don't, it seems like, I remember Batman being one of those shows that would end with To Be Continued. Join us next week for, right? And, and you were left thinking, I, I actually don't know how this ends. Well the book of Acts ends in a similar fashion. You'll remember last week we read through the end of Acts chapter 28. and throughout the book of Acts there was this assumption that or, or not just assumption, but but the Apostle Paul had been told by God that he was going to go to Rome and he was going to stand before Caesar and, um, and, and, and uh, testify before Caesar with the gospel and, and these sorts of things. And then we get to the end of Acts 28 where Luke concludes the chapter, and we're kind of left thinking, This is a really abrupt ending to this story, right? We're we're not we're not given the thing that we all love so much at the end of a story, and they lived happily ever after, right? Like that's what we want at the conclusion of a story, and we know okay, all things are well now, and we know how the story is ended. Well. Luke doesn't end the book of Acts that way, and I've spent some time looking at commentaries, and there's a, there are a bunch of different reasons uh, that, that commentators will express as to why the, the book of Acts ends the way it does. We have other extra-biblical documents that give us ideas uh, as to what did happen in Paul's life, and, and we could spend time talking about those, and many of those are very historically accurate and helpful. But, <clears throat> but when we preach, we preach the Word of God. And, and, and we, we don't know all of the details that we would like to know about the ending of Paul's life and the ending of the book of Acts. But we do know that Paul eventually went before Caesar. We know that because God has told us that, and church history and church historical documents confirm these things for us. Acts 28 uh, ends abruptly, and I believe, brothers and sisters, and it's not just me, but many uh, commentaries and commentators and other pastors agree that it ends abruptly in part so that we will get the sense that what began in the book of Acts is actually continuing now. That, that, what, that what began there on the day of Pentecost, you'll remember when the Holy Spirit came and, and, uh, and came upon those followers in that upper room, And he said that you would take the gospel and you would be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. Well, can you imagine being in Jerusalem of that day and hearing that the gospel was going to go forward to Judea and Samaria, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world? And if you would have been a disciple in that day and you had seen a globe and someone would have told you the gospel is going to go all the way to Dalhart, Texas, in the United States, you would go. What's the United States? I've never like there was there was no such thing. You weren't even aware necessarily that there was another continent that the gospel would go to. And so that promise that was made two thousand years ago, then we're sitting here this morning and we kind of feel and act like the gospel kind of centers around us, right? You know, kind of American Christianity is the focal point of God's historic um, purposes in the earth. But the reality is, the reason that we're here this morning is because God's good promises have been kept for 2,000 years. And so, the next three Sundays, I want to do a sermon series called Acts 29. And what I want us to see, brothers and sisters, is that we are Acts 29. We actually are carrying on what was established by God and those original apostles as they took the gospel into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. And we are the uttermost parts of the world. In fact, you can go to a lot of other people in a lot of other cities today, and they would agree that Dalhart is indeed the uttermost parts of the world. Now, just because something carries on and carries on for a long time doesn't mean that it carries on in the right way and in the right direction. What do I mean by that? Well, the church was founded here at Pentecost in the early chapters of Acts, and we're now 2,000 years later. 2,000 years is a long time for something to be in existence. And we know of organizations that were founded for specific reasons, and then after 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they stray away from their original founding purposes and intentions, right? Right? Denominations that drift away from their doctrinal foundations or schools that began as maybe Christian institutions or Christian seminaries that are now bastions of just wickedness and wicked thinking. So we want to make sure, brothers and sisters, that as a church, we're actually still doing the thing that God wants us to do. And we have to be careful so that we don't get this wrong. We don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to spend... The strength of my life doing the wrong thing headed the wrong direction. There are things that I care about more than being a pastor. There are things that I care about more than being a Baptist. There are things that I care about more than, um, you know, just like growing a church numerically. Brothers and sisters, I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that I missed it, that I led the wrong things the wrong way and, and, and kind of had my idea of how things were supposed to work. And, well, this is the way I've always done it, and this is the way I was reared, and so this is the way that we're always going to do it. The one thing, and Matt mentioned this earlier, the one thing that is our absolute book of directives is not a um, Baptist handbook and Baptist manual. the the thing that is our guidebook for how we're going to do what we're doing together here this morning is God's Word. It's the Word of God. And thankfully, the Word of God has given us very clear instruction on the things that are really big and really important. Now, there are a lot of things that Christians disagree with on maybe secondary or third-level areas of importance, but the big things, brothers and sisters, are clear for us in Scripture. And there are things that Christians have agreed upon for years and years and years, as to what the main purposes of the church is, the main purposes are, the main purpose is. And purpose, sorry, my my, uh, I was uh, doing a quick um, self-assessment of my grammar. And here they are. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk about three things together over the next three weeks um, as we talk about us being Acts twenty nine, and that is this. This week we're gonna talk about worship. Next week, we're going to talk about walking, and the week after that, we're going to talk about witness. Yes, I did that on purpose. Worship, walking, and witness. Can, I, can somebody help? Um, Levi, do you mind grabbing the um, whiteboard that's right around the corner here and just dragging it up here on stage? I meant to do that as soon as I got up here and forgot to do that, because I want to draw a couple things um, up uh, on a whiteboard for us. These are not original with me. You can read dozens, if not hundreds, of different books that, um, that address these, these three things. That the things that the church is supposed to do. Awesome, thank you very much. The things that the church is supposed to do, we are to worship God, we are to walk. Let me, let me do it this way. Number one, we're to worship. Number two, we're to walk. And number three, we're to witness. Okay, so let's, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, do some of my really good uh, artwork here for you this morning. Those of you who have seen my artwork before, you know how ridiculous this can be. Okay. So there's me and there's you, right? And we're both Christians. These are We have crosses in our hands to demonstrate that we are Christians. And then there's, there's other people who maybe don't know Christ as their Savior yet, right? So there's Christians and there's non-Christians, and this is just people living... Living their lives. This is the people you know, the people that I know. And what what we are supposed to do as a church, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna build a church here. Not everyone goes to church, not everyone is in the church. Okay. But what the church is supposed to do, first of all, is worship. Okay? So first of all, we have a we have an upward orientation toward God. We're worship God. That's our upward orientation. We worship God. Secondly, we walk, and I'm going to write with each other, or or with Christians. We're going to talk about this more next week, but this is our horizontal relationships within the church. Now, you'll notice sometimes there are unbelievers in the church, right? Now, um, and and we'll, we'll talk about the significance of that later, but Within the church, we are to walk with each other. And then for those outside the church, we're to witness to those outside the church. So there's an upward orientation. The church exists to worship God. The church exists to walk with each other. And the church exists to witness to those who don't know Christ as their Savior yet. Or you could say exalt, equip, and evangelize. Right? The same thing. They're just, these are E words. If you like E words better than W words, you can use E words or you can use W words. What do I have for my sermon title? Exalt or worship? I couldn't even remember. Okay, so I'm going with worship um, here this morning. So we worship or exalt, we walk with each other or equip each other, and we witness or evangelize, uh, all synonyms meaning the same things. But still, exalt is our upward orientation, equip is our. Um, inward orientation and then evangelize is our outward orientation. Does that make sense? This is not original with me it 's not the first time it 's been, it's been presented here at Liberty Baptist Church. You can find it in hundreds of different books. In fact, almost any other church that you were to go to in this town or any town, if you ask them, what does the church do, they 're actually going to give you these same answers, and that 's a good thing. That 's a good thing. If a church says, "No, we don 't do those things, that 's a bad thing, right? A church needs to give themselves to doing these things. We see that the early church has devoted themselves to doing these things, and so we're going to take some weeks together and talk about worshiping, walking, and witnessing. One Bible scholar says this, we understand the purpose of the church in terms of ministry to God, ministry to believers, and ministry to the world. Right? And I, I could quote person after person who says this thing. It's important for you to know who you are and what you do. That's a question that you kind of get asked by people on a regular basis. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? And if, if someone asked you, especially like as an adult, if someone asked you, so what do you do? And you were like, ah, ah. And you had no answer for that, that'd be a problem, right? We would want to have further conversation with you to see if you needed help. As a church, it's important for you to know why the church exists and what the church does. It's not enough for your pastors to know what the church is and why the church exists. It's not enough for it to be written down in a doctrinal statement somewhere. Brothers and sisters, you are the church, and so it's important for you to know why you exist and what you do. And so we're going to talk about worshiping, walking, and witnessing, and this morning we're going to talk primarily about worshipping. Now all three of these kind of overlap with each other here and there. But we're going to talk this morning about worship and specifically about corporate worship. And corporate worship simply means what we're doing here right now. Corporate means we've gathered. It's the gathering. It's the body. It's more than just one. It's us as a corporation, right? That's where we get the word corporation. This corporate gathering, we've gathered together, and there's more than one. There's a body of us here this morning. And those of us who are members here, we've covenanted with each other that we will hold each other accountable, and we are part of Liberty Baptist Church, and we're going to do life together. We're going to live together. And the first and most important thing that we do together as a church is worship God together. Acts chapter 2, verse 41, it's a passage that we've read through many, many times says this so those who received his word were baptized and there were added that day about 3000 souls verse 42 is the is, there's a phrase in verse 42 that we're going to focus on here in just a moment verse 42 and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. Verse 47, praising God. That's an important part of what we're going to talk about this morning. Verse 47, praising God. And having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So here's a group of people who, in verse 42, it says this, that they devoted themselves to something. And part of what they devoted themselves to was praising God. They devoted themselves to praising God. Father, would you please use your word now in a way that my... Um, my speech or my uh, ability to put words together uh, would certainly fall short. God, would your spirit use your word to convince us of the truths that we're going to look at together this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So first of all, if we're going to be devoted to something, we need to know what it is. And we need to, first of all, understand this morning, we need to understand what corporate worship is. So That's point number one. You must understand what corporate worship is. It's something that God has called you to. For us to be a healthy part of living out Acts 29 in the world that we're in now together today, we need to understand what corporate worship is. And it's hard for us because We are wired to think of corporate worship. And I'm going to try to use the phrase corporate worship um, this morning more than the word church, because I want to emphasize something unique about what we do when we gather as a church. Because if you're like me, when I think of church, I think of a building, usually, right? Like, let's go to the church. um, Or, uh, when I talk about my church or the church, I'm kind of thinking of something other than me. And, and we shouldn't think of it that way, but I do, and I think many of us probably do. And I'm using the, word, the phrase corporate worship this morning because I want us to think about the primary thing that we as the church do together. And unfortunately, we tend to think of corporate worship as something that we go to and evaluate. Because we're consumers, we live in America, right? And if my, if my order at the restaurant isn't just exactly right, I expect a refund. Or if, you know, if I didn't get exactly what I wanted for Christmas, or if I, if I go to a concert and the music's too loud, or the music's too quiet, or the whatever, we kind of live assuming that the things that we go to, especially when we sit in chairs facing one person doing a thing, we expect that this is a spectator sport, and I'm going to watch the guy who's doing the show, and I'll give him a grade at the end, and he'll either get an A, B, C, or D, you know, F on rare occasions, right? If I'm being really, really harsh, I might give a guy an F. I mean, we're just wired to kind of think and operate that way. And I've talked about this many, many times in here, and I'll probably talk about it many, many more times because it's just part of the air we breathe and the world that we live in is to sit and evaluate something that, especially something that we watch. Um, and brothers and sisters, when we gather for corporate worship, that is not what's happening here. Even though it looks like that's what's happening here. So Matt came up and he did some reading and he did some talking. And you probably thought, I like this guy or I don't like this guy. Right? He's, he's doing a good job. I'd give him maybe a B+. Plus. I understand what he's saying. He said some funny things and we laughed. Solid B-plus performance by Matt this morning. Angie played the piano this morning. That's unusual. She doesn't normally play the piano this morning. She got definitely an A+, no question. Don't even argue with me. A-plus on piano playing, right? So two thumbs up. Josh led music this morning. Josh consistently leads music. No surprises there. A-plus for Josh, right? This, this other guy who gets up and starts preaching and you know, forgets to bring the whiteboard up initially, right? Like he, he's kind of He's hitting all over the, the chart this morning. We'll wait. We'll hold off until the end of his sermon to give him a grade. And it's just what we do. It's how we think. And, and we have to ask God to help, us, help break us from that way of thinking about what's going on here this morning. Because, brothers and sisters, the Bible would inform me that this is what is true. Here's what is true. You, right now, are every bit as active in the worship service this morning as I am. You are. This is not, uh, I went to church and how did church go? What did I think of it? You are actively participating this morning. You've had lots of opportunities to actively participate this morning. When we sang, did you sing? Now let me ask you another question, and it's a different question. Did you worship while you sang? I was singing. But I was thinking about something that I needed to talk to Matt about. During, so that's why I went to the back to talk to Matt about it. I, I didn't worship as I